welcome to episode 93 of the Motorific Podcast. Thank you for joining us and thanks for waiting. I am Joanne and I'm here with my awesome co-host Christy as usual. Hello. And Can uh, you believe can you believe huh? we've been what? doing this for 4 years? Yeah, I can and I uh I'm almost not sorry, but I'm I feel like we should have more episodes at this point. <laughs> um but you know, we do things on our own pace. You know, but yeah, we will get to hundreds soon enough. So if you've been in this long, we thank you. We do this for fun. So as you can see, we're not a professionally produced, fancy podcast show with thousands of dollars for production and such things. So this episode, I think we're just going to get caught up. I don't have anything huge in my brain that stands out. We're going to hit some news stories and, uh, I don't know, chat about some random events, maybe some bike news. Yes. See what comes maybe up. Some, maybe some recalls. Oh, and some recall news. House guests, you know. Oh, and house guests. Like... Yes. Yeah. Coincidentally, we both had one at the same time. Mine was shorter, though. Mine was only like two days. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was very fun, nonetheless. Yeah. I'd say let's start with the recall. So. Okay. Yamaha is recalling uh, Yamaha. model years uh, 2015 to 2017, FJ09, FZ09, and XSR900, so they're triple. Um, the, the lower handlebar holder uh, may loosen because um, there is inadequate application of a thread locking agent. So if you are in possession of one of those triples, um, please contact Yamaha. Their uh, recall is officially expected to start this month. So they will fix that for you at the dealership level. But I mean, other than that recall, I think that's the only one that's floating around. Nice. I wanted to... Did you pull up that story about um, Triumph I did quarterly? not. All right, so let's take a look at that. So <coughs> motorcycle sales are still up. It seems like industry-wide... But internationally, as a collective, global kind of profit. But on the U.S. side, I believe we're still kind of a little bit down. Not like, you know, five years ago down. Not that big. But it looks like Triumph doubled their profits in 2016. So they did a really, really, uh, really good job last year. I'm sure most of it's probably thankful to the Bonneville and Street Twin and the, and the new, those new releases. I'm sure Updated bike helped. models. Yeah, new models. It almost doubled its profits for 2016. So the story I have here is actually in pounds. So they went from 8.7 million pounds in 2015 to 16.6 million pounds in 2016. Wow. That's crazy. I wonder how here, anyway, uh, sales have gone up and down. Uh, probably not doubled. Probably not doubled. I don't think anyone's profits have doubled this year. Triumph isn't marketing heavy in the U.S. They just kind of let the brand sell itself. Yeah, I think they uh, they do a good job with that. It seems to be working, anyway. It seems to be. Um Sir well, Hughes posted something about that in December. Update your motorcycle and uh, offer a bunch of new Farkles and a bunch of cool variants and things may happen. 
same thing for BMW with the R9T and, and a bunch of new variants and mm-hmm. the, the 300, uh, 300 CC series. So it'll be interesting to see how BMW's profits shape up between 2016 and 2017. Let's see what kind of U.S. sales are looking like in 2016. So our friend Jensen over at Asphalt and Rubber, he's the one I blame, by the way, for the influx of these blank and blank names. I think he started it all. Like he started the trend. I firmly believe that. Thanks, Jensen. It's all your fault. If you don't Six follow... or seven years ago? I yeah. think it's yeah. I think he's gotta be about seven years now. Yes, he's been going for a while. If you haven't visited asphaltandrubber.com, Jensen writes a lot about industry motorcycle news, not just sport bikes, but general motorcycle news. He has really interesting insight about the industry and then he also reports on, of course, racing and that sort of thing. But a lot of industry developments. And he definitely writes from a perspective which no other um, mm-hmm. blog or magazine writes from, which is someone yeah. who has a, uh, a, a Juris Doctorate and a marketing degree. So yeah, <laughs> definitely. Unique. not a lot of lawyers and uh, businessmen out there writing about motorcycles. Yeah, so it's, it's fascinating. It's good stuff. If you want to just see like what's going on industry-wise, it's 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 always useful to take a peek and he always writes things in a way that aren't too complex like it's just very straightforward uh his this story from january um he reported that in 2016 the u.s market contracted two percent so that kind of balanced out the uptick in sales from 2015 but in the uk and in you know Europe, sales were up. Um, it says that KTM BM, and BMW have shown s- signs of strong results internationally, where Ducati and Harley are expected to post overall sales declines for 2016. So I think we've we've read some read some stories about Harley being down in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. And we know that they're down because they. Uh, hemorrhaged a lot of employees in the fourth quarter. Hmm. The great firing of 2016. And in, and, um, in the UK, small displacement machines ruled the roost with nearly 40% of bikes registered in 2016 being under 125cc, including scooters. So that's I think that's also interesting as well. I mean, we certainly have a huge increase in small displacement bikes right in the last five i'd say the last five years i'd say in the last two especially yeah i would i'd say if we looked at actual numbers and bike launches by displacement i would guess that we've had the most number of small displacement uh, announcements and launches in the last three to five years than in probably the last decade or last century sure uh, at least and for especially- the US market Especially the last six months with um, Kawasaki Mm -hmm. uh, and BMW launching their respective small versus and uh, the 310. uh, Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about is the Harley Rebels, the little, their new... Honda, Honda, Honda. Sorry, not Harley, the (laughs) the new Honda Rebels, the 300 and the 500. Because I was looking at photos of that and um, commontread.com. They did a review of both of them. And uh, they look like really great bikes. And it's so neat to see the Honda, that Honda bring back the Rebel or 
you know, redesign it and, and update it because it's such a great bike. And um, not that bad in terms of price point. Starting MSRP for 300 is 4399 mm-hmm. And because <laughs> Rebel was the only motorcycle I could ever get both of my feet flat on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I took in my MSF class anyway. But uh, it's got a very low seat height. If you look at the photo, your hands are very high in comparison to where you're sitting. So they drop the seat, but the tank kind of pitches up a little bit. I guess kind of bobber style. Am I saying that correctly? Um, I believe so. Right, where your Not hands great are up. in the, in the cruiser yeah. variant yeah. spectrum. <laughs> but... Um, it's certainly low enough for anybody. I don't think there's anyone out there who can't flat foot on a Rebel 300, unless you're maybe a very small, small child. Funny enough, at the global launch, Ty uh, from the MIC sat on the Rebel, and he was like, hey, oh, look, no. my feet touch. He said, hey, look, my feet touch. <laughs> Wait, Ty. Do I know Ty? Yeah. Um, from the MIC? I don't know if you've met him. Is he tall or short? Uh, he's short. He's <laughs> short. Than so me. he was he was like, take a picture, tell everybody my feet touch. He's got a great sense of humor. Oh yeah, for me, that's that and a fifty cc dirt bike. Those are the two things I can touch the ground both feet on flat. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, not to like deviate from actually no, I'll wait. You know, I've got a good segue for that going into my dirt dirt school. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Here, let me just finish this quick overview of the Rebel. So the 300 is a single cylinder fuel injected, Hmm? really light, really skinny. So remember, friends, the seat height isn't everything. The ergonomics really make the biggest difference, I I think. So Mm -hmm. it's a single cylinder. That means only one cylinder between your knees, not three or four. And so it's going to be very, very slim. So even if the seat height still sounds too tall, it won't be because your knees are not going to be pushed apart and then force you up on your toes or the ball of your foot. And that certainly is the same for any bike, no matter how tall the seat height is. Um, And the price point's really low and certainly has a much more modern look to it. They have a blacked out style. So all black engine pieces and bodywork pieces and um, just a nice modern update in terms of design and functionality because fuel injection is, I'd say, pretty, not that it's necessary, but it's a nice thing to have fuel injection. Trellis frame as well. Yeah, it just looks like a newer Rebel. You know, it's the bars, although to me the it bars was look straighter. need of an update. Yeah. That yeah, no, bike it's was in dire need of an update. It's a nice update. Uh, you know, new design, new feel. Just it probably handles a little bit better. The handlebars look different because I remember when I took my class, the handlebars kind of pointed down in cruiser form, and these look mm-hmm. more standard, like Bonneville form. Your foot peg position, just looking at these photos, look they're still slightly forward, but you're not like. Your feet aren't up, so to speak, but they're not quite a Bonneville. They're just a little bit forward. So it looks like a great, really nice starter if you're looking for a three. And then, of course, the 500. And then that starts at 59 
you know, they look, they have the kind of same look to it, but it's a 471. A 500 should be a twinsy, right? Yes, it's a, it's actually a 471 parallel twin. So mm -hmm. even though there's one more cylinder and it's wider, it's, there's still only two. Front and back. Yeah, still, still still only two, still skinny. So the weight's low, super easy to ride, probably super easy to learn on, so much fun. So if you are looking for an awesome cruiser to start on or kind of this middle, yeah, it's like a modern looking, it looks great. I think it looks cruiser-like. Really cruiser-like and, um, you know, easy, affordable. It looks really nice. If you check out Common Treads review, they'll probably uh, have dates for you and that sort of thing. Got a bunch of launches going on right now. What else is out there? The um, the Monster 797, which is the lowest displacement monster, was in Nice, France, mm. a couple weeks ago. And right now, going on in Bologna, is the uh, Cafe Racer variant of the Scrambler Ducati. So a little bit different styling on your traditional um, 800, 800-ish uh, displacement uh, scrambler. Nice. I think there's also, there was also, I think, a Yamaha, what, an R6? Yes. An R6 launch? At Thunder Hill. That's right, because Jensen was also, I believe he posted some photos from that. Uh, or was it an R1? can't remember. No, R6. R6. And then um, KCM also. And I think Honda, although this is an international launch, it was, I think it was like a 500X or something. Because I'm friends with a lot of journalists from other countries as well, um, who I, I've only been on one international press launch and ran into some journalists from across the pond. But, um, you know, if I'm lucky in the future, I'll be able to cross paths with a few too. And some journalists in Italy and Greece um, were at a Honda launch for a couple different Hondas. So I don't know if those are um, exclusively across the pond models, but if I remember correctly, I did not recognize the name. And I see a scooter that they've launched. What else? Yeah, that N is it NM4? It's like got some really bizarre name, but Honda's bringing that back. Huh. It's this just... I'm sorry, Honda. It's a really ugly scooter. <laughs> <laughs> well, some scooters are just purely awesome for what they do. A only a mother could love. Right. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Yes, it's the <laughs> NM4. Thank you. It's like a cruisery scooter. Oh, yeah, no, it's got it's floorboards. Exactly. Yeah, look, dude, it has forward foot controls. Not controls, but floorboards. But it's not a scooter because it's not a step through. You actually have to put your leg over to sit on it. Mm -hmm. So it's an automatic motorcycle is what I is what I gather. Wow, it's fascinating. When you take a look, let us know what you think of this. It's um it's an automatic dual clutch suspension, six seventy CC, and it's wow. I mean, yeah, it, it I is probably one of, apart from DCT, because of course that, that changes things from 
scootering to motorcycling because there is the um, Africa Twins DCT and that's like around 1100 and then you have the Honda NC700X which is DCT and then you've got this NM4 which is 630 and then you also have um, Yamaha's larger scooter proper scooter is 530cc and that was a lot mm -hmm. of fun and I've ridden on that um, the T-Max 500 but um Maybe they're just trying to stay competitive in a scooter-ish market it's, with the NM4. You know, yeah. got to have the got to have the biggest scooter on the market. And I think BMW's electric is. Uh, I've heard that's a pretty fun time, and I don't know what the displacement of that is, but it's got to be in like the 600 range. This thing also looks really futuristic. It has but really weird way. angles. Yeah. Um, to me, it's something like you would see on a TV show, like in the future, like some mm, sci-fi I think future show. in the 80s. <laughs> that's, that's 80s futuristic. Because in, in the futuristic model design that we see, typically from like BMW, when they have the concept bikes, yeah. everything is very streamlined, very smooth, soft lines. And yeah. that is anything but. It is but, a yeah. little... We'll be we'll be interested in uh, your comments on the lovely NM4. If you've ridden one, please let us know. Yeah, it starts at ten nine nine nine, and that's oh. competitive with the Yamaha T Max as well. Speaking of really really amazing motorcycles, uh, I subscribe to Motorcycle Consumer News. If you don't, I highly recommend it. It's a advertisement free magazine because it's purely by subscription. So, you know, articles, bike reviews, you know, some gear stuff, you know, random, just motorcycle news. But they did a review of the KTM Super Duke GT. Mm -hmm. And it's... How big it is that one? Amazing. It's the same as the uh, 1290 Super Adventure. Okay, gotcha. So it has all the stuff. MSRP is $19,999. It has, you know dynamic suspension it has riding modes it has fuel injection anti-lock brakes it has headlights that run along like the front fairing so depending on your lean angle the lighting will adjust at night just some really crazy 21st century stuff on that thing it looks heavenly and their review was pretty much five stars for everything everything was five stars you know, super fun, great handling. It just looks really dreamy, but man, What's 20, the weight? thousand five. What's the weight on it? I want to say the f curb weight was only five twenty, hmm. like five fifteen only. Five gallon tank. Oh no, six gallon tank because Ooh, it has one wow. more yeah, one more gallon. If that's wet weight, then that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, one more gallon than a nine ninety SMT because my buddy uh, who just left our couch, he has a older 990 SMT and he said that that Super Duke GT is basically a souped up version of his bike and handles better has more farkles um, and then the bigger gas tank yeah farkles add weight yeah I mean like electronic farkles as all yeah. the well I mean suspension. ABS ABS is 8 to 10 pounds yeah so it's definitely on the heavier side by itself so if you were to think you know traction control, ABS, and all these other electronic features that mm -hmm. really are just another uh, 
flick of the handlebar, you know, those are somewhere between eight to 10 pounds each. So your weight starts stacking up when you start adding all those. They call it adrenaline express. Yeah, it definitely looks like it. Holy mother. I can't remember. I don't know my KTM models as well. I can't remember the model that Ricky had that was a 1290, but it was super light, low, and really fast. Probably the Super Duke R. Could have been. and um, Probably. Yeah, and naked. Not a lot of extra goodies. And it was a couple of years ago, and the price point was about $16.9, and it was just... uh, I think I was going 75 and third. <laughs> yep. As you do, you probably go 75 like, and first. Damn. First yeah, year. I'm sure I, I'm sure third is overstating. I easily could have, you know, been like, uh, in a, in a lower gear, but yeah, I was in a residential neighborhood. And so I was already mm-hmm. like, Oh my God. Yeah. This yeah, one definitely is definitely not my BMW. Definitely not my Triumph. No, this one, I'm pretty sure it's the same. It's 1290, but, GT for touring so it's got a slow mm-hmm. windscreen it has yeah. a little more fairing with the headlight up front extra Come, kit for long distance yep comes with I believe it comes with the hard uh, side cases or well hard mm-hmm. luggage excuse me it's not yeah, like that also adds to the weight mm-hmm. um, and but the reviews are all really promising it, if I were a larger man uh, I definitely want to buy something like this because it's like everything I want in a motorcycle really good suspension and handling almost a race bike kind of handling in terms of twisties and and mountain riding Mm -hmm. and tourable with a six gallon tank you could get over 200 miles out of the tank and um, you know nimble flickable but not an advent not the height of an adventure bike yeah what's the sea height 32.9. 32.9. Wow, that's pretty good. Uh, the, the MCN review said it, they thought it was a little too tall. Like you can, yeah. it, for their reviewer, he was still a little bit on tiptoe, but he said that the weight was distributed really well and the ergonomics were similar to BMW where, you know, your mm-hmm. knees are close together and it makes it manageable. But um, I'm guessing it still probably feels really like ugh, heavy and probably drags you down at low speed as far as maneuvering in a parking lot, that sort of thing. I mean, for me, that's where I feel it the most. And um, top heaviness is where I really feel it the most. But my friend who... fuel tank? Fuel tank in in traditional position or under the seat? He said that it's in traditional position, but when my friend test wrote it, he said that it's, it's really well designed. So it's not like super wide, and mm-hmm. sitting on top of the bike, but it's actually pretty skinny and drops down towards the engine. So okay, it that's does, good. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's what yeah. I thought. Like that's top heavy good. is always miserable. I'm concerned with. Oh yeah, no, totally. So I, yeah, that's where I, that's where I cannot think about upgrading anything anytime soon because there's nothing out there in the kind of sport and sport touring lifestyles that have that lower center of gravity but at a larger size so for me that i'm gonna struggle with that for a few years i think but it just this bike just looks so much fun and has all the stuff i just look at it and just start drooling (sighs) like it's beautiful and i really love ktms i wish that 
I could get one again, but um, sorry, I wish that I could get one, ride one again, as, excuse me. Someday we shall see. Yeah, well, I know for you it's cost prohibitive, and it's certainly not height because uh, <laughs> an interesting segue from Tall Bike is uh, I took a, a dirt course, but um, I really wished I he did it for me and I was able to video it because I watched Ty get on one of the um, off-road Hondas and he literally was walking alongside of it, starts mm-hmm. the bike. Oh, yeah. The bike starts moving. He jumps on an English side saddle. Yep. And then when he's got enough speed, he stands on the peg and lifts his leg over. And I was just like, like a boss. <laughs> I've never actually been in the presence of someone doing that. And I was just amazed. There's and he a- was my he was my sweep, and you really need to have uh, an amazing skill set, uh, or just follow like really far behind if you're behind me in dirt, because you just don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Where did you go riding? Um, I went out to Anza, and uh, and not with Gary Laplante at his uh, Moto Ventures or Dirt First um, group. It was actually the Coach to Ride. Uh, oh, group. oh, that's right, Andrea. Yes. Awesome. And so I went out and hung out with those ladies and uh, did some. Um, well, I mean, it, it turns out to be basically one-on-one instruction because someone else that was supposed to join us uh, didn't uh, had some car trouble and couldn't make it down. So I rode, uh, drove down the night before, stayed at uh, my friend Glenn's place and in Palm Desert, and then commuted over the mountains nice and early in the morning to get to Anza and did a, did a day in the dirt. And it was really nice. It was on a TTR 230. And then um, I skipped over to another Honda, but I was not quite like... The gearing on on dirt bikes um, is really uh, really soft and like easy and manageable at the at the lower displacement lower tech ones. But then once you start getting into the um, ones that are good for people who know what they're doing, it just seems like there's a huge step up for me. And if I start playing and getting comfortable with my skills, on like a TTR 230 and then I switch to like a WR 250. It's just a little, a touch different for me. So I have to start um, on the bike that I'm going to ride the entire day. <laughs> Cause like for some reason that transition was just a little weird for me. Plus it was, it wasn't going to a WR. I was going to another Honda model and I was on a, a Yamaha before. So at any rate, did lots of trail riding, did lots of trail riding in um, in sand, did some ruts, a really ruddy road, which mm. normally, like, at, at the end, I was uh, had to take a break. <laughs> it was one of those moments where you're, you're going through a lot of sand, which usually gives me pause um, after Fine. a little hiccup. I managed to, to get through that, and then we went up this... Um, kind of steep incline with a rut and I managed that. And then we went on these long sand sections and then this one rut where either I target fixated or I just didn't want to stay in the uh, center of the rut. And I kind of was going up the side, the very steep bank of this rut. And I 
probably came like within a margin of dumping it, but didn't and kept going. And in my head, I'm thinking, I have to stop at a good stopping point. And I just, I didn't know where, um, where Ty was behind me because obviously on dirt bikes, you typically don't have a rear view mirror and, or a side, side mirror. And, and I kept going and then there was a sand section, can't stop in sand. And then there are more ruts, can't stop in ruts. And finally we reached a point on a road where they were turning left and we came to a stop and it was a decent, uh, part and I just stopped and they're like are you okay I'm like yeah I just need to like catch my breath because like three roads ago I was going oh my god oh my god oh my god it's it's a lot of work <laughs> I'm also out of shape and uh, and was coming down with something so I was I was a little under the weather and taking that course but nothing was going to separate me from sorry honing in on my dirt skills because I'm finally after getting race tech to uh, update my suspension on the two-stroke, finally getting close. I think it's been like two years since that bike's been apart. I think I'm finally going to put it together this year. Nice. So it was awesome. Very thankful at Coach to Ride. If you're looking for a turnkey dirt operation, if you're curious about motorcycling and have never been on street or on dirt, learning dirt first is something that I highly, highly recommend. Um, MotoGP guys will, in the off-season, race and train flat track, train motocross, train dirt track, because it's great practice. Um, as any of you know who have been on an ABS-free motorcycle, locking the back wheel is not something that um, you particularly enjoy the feeling of. And that's something that uh, you tend to lose traction a lot in dirt. So you get used to the feeling such that you're not having a panic attack when you get to the street and you do the same thing. Um, there's, there's no gear. It's just kind of a way to, okay, yeah, that's what it feels like. All right. So I just need to do this and I need to calmly, you know, you keep your wits about you. But if you're in a situation where you're not, ex you've never experienced something and you're on the road you're just gonna like focus on how weird this is and you might end up in a panic situation that you don't want to be in so dirt first is great coach to ride you show up they give you the motorcycle they give you the helmet the gloves the protection the jersey the pants the boots everything you literally just hand over your money and you show up and they will coach um probably from a, a kid downwards of like five or six all the way up to adults and they're equipped with motorcycles for everybody. So a really great um, way if you're not interested in uh, taking MSF or if you're interested and you've got some kids and you're like, well, mm -hmm. I kind of want to ride, but you know, I've got this like seven and 10 year old. What do I do? Ah, bring them all down because you guys can all kind of do it as a, as a family thing together because if it's not MSF and you're not on the road, you can be any age. So they're located in Anza, California, and the website is coach the number two ride.com. And the uh, awesome women who run this school is Bonnie and Andrea, and they're really, really, really great people. We yeah. met them, I met them a couple of times. They're so nice. All they want to do is help you have fun and have a really good time. And that yeah. should be. Every motorcycle class you take, that should be the focus. But they do some other things, too, 
UTV courses. They do beginner and advanced off-roading, not just beginner. So if you want some more experienced training and advanced techniques, um, they have an ATV safety class. They have group classes and they have events. They have a little bit of everything. So yeah, if you're if you're kind of feeling like you're not sure if you're a beginner and you're not sure if you're intermediate, you might consider doing uh, private because essentially I've mm. had quite a few dirt schools. But see, the problem with uh, dirt training is that if you do it and you catch on, awesome. But if you never get off road and you're looking at two years later and thinking about going off road again, you're like, huh, well, shoot. Um, I can't remember all these little nuances of which way I lean and where the tire should bite when I'm on a, when I'm on a, a slope or an angle, you know, all of those things, unfortunately are from practice, you know, that kind of muscle memory is uh, aided by practice. And if you don't practice, if you don't go off road, you're going to forget, but you'd be surprised. It's, you know, like riding a bicycle, these things come back to you. So if you're not sure where your skill set lies, Private lessons, um, also very helpful because you can just kind of say, well, you know what, I'm here. Tell them, you know, uh, exactly what your goals are and what you feel like, you know, your problems might be and have them just kind of look out and they can tell you, well, you know what, you've got this down, you've got this down. Let's, you know, bump you up to this. Um, I, that was really helpful for me. Would you rather not out here? I'm going to have to fly out there if I ever want to do that. Yep, and Anza is basically equidistant between Palm Desert and um, Temecula, more or less. So you can either stay in Southern California wine country, or you can stay in Palm Desert, pop over the hill. It's a great, uh, great little mountain uh, mountain range to uh, to ride, as well as drive. Awesome. So we'll post links to Bonnie and Andrea's website and you can check out their classes and you can kind of see what they have to offer out that way. Mm, what else? House guest. Oh, yes. Tell my, us about your my house, guest. house guest. My house guest was a previous uh, interview on the podcast, um, Allison DeLapp, and she is the logistics coordinator i think she has a new title but uh, basically the logistics coordinator for overland expo mm. and she um was living in panama and colombia for a while and she's come back to the u.s and she sold her f800 gs in panama and she purchased a tiger 800 out here a triumph and she's been working to kit it up with all of her gear and sparkles and uh, seat covers and whatnot. And she's been staying or basically left this morning, but she'd stay with me for the last couple of weeks. And we just got a chance to hang out and do silly girl stuff. Yesterday we did a cannoli run. Um, basically there's a, a place near my house in, in uh, Eagle Rock that has a, a really great Italian bakery and they make really good cannolis. So we had cannolis there and then decided to do a little comparison um, just so that we could ride together, really. Um, out on the west side, there's a, an Italian deli that also had cannolis that it's been a while since I've eaten those. And, um, you know, surface streets between uh, Eagle Rock and West L.A. was uh, kind of funny. Um, 
She was like, do you want to leave? My my battery is a little low on my phone. Sure, yeah, I think I got that. And uh, we went through downtown LA, stopped at some cool graffiti spots, uh, graffiti arts, so we could take some pictures. And um, at some point, I think I was on like Alameda, and I thought, all right, well, when I see Pico, you know, I'll just turn right. And Pico never came, and then Washington came, and I'm like, man, I really need to turn right. At some point, we're going to be like, you know, in some pretty sketchy neighborhoods. <laughs> So we we went through some pretty interesting parts of L.A. that she's never seen, and she was pretty mm, cool about it. And fun. We, uh, definitely, I overshot when I should have turned, so we went the long, long way. But uh, we finally got to the other bakery, ate another set of cannolis, um, bought some uh, bought some pasta and some cheese and some accoutrement, and uh, came back to the house. And she had her last meal. And uh, she was off and running this morning with a completely laden motorcycle heading to her dad's before she um, starts on a 12-month tour of the U.S. She will be carrying a lot less luggage than she left with today, that is for sure. And if you were looking for Wolfman Expedition 19-liter soft bags, Hmm. um, please do a search on ADV Rider. For Allison, um, I have those bags, and if you're interested, I could probably find the link and include it on our show notes. But if you have any any need for soft luggage through Wolfman, I got I got you covered. That's the one thing she left at my house because I said you don't need to laden this bike down any more than you already have. I will ship to whoever buys your stuff. So good times. Yeah, oh, and if you don't know what um, Overland Expo is. We'll post a link to that event as well. It's like the ultimate outdoor adventurer get together, regardless, right? Regardless of motorcycle, whether you love riding motorcycles or you love, you know, bicycles, right? It's all about outdoors and adventure, right? I've never been, so I don't know directly, but it sounds like a really cool event if you're just, if you're a camper or a hiker or a climber or a motorcyclist. Sounds like there's a little bit of something there for everybody. Love to be outside. And that is not me because I'm such an indoor introvert. I will be spending my afternoon probably on the couch in one hour watching MotoGP in Argentina. Nice. Season opener was uh, two weeks ago in Qatar. Mm -hmm. Today is Argentino. And oh my God, the, the, um, the lineup after qualifying is... So weird. Uh, most of the riders that you know and love are in the back, and there's some interesting names up front. So it should be a really cool race, a little different race than just seeing the usual, you know, Jorge Davizioso, Rossi, Lorenzo, Marquez in the front. There's some interesting people up front. So should be cool. That's in an hour. And then MOGP at Austin's in two weeks. Cannot wait. So excited. Someone is going. Someone's going and I'll be going as a regular person. So I'll just be walking around. We'll be walking to different corners so I can check out a different part of the track every uh, every day. Oh, I have to share this. Friday night is the uh, the weekend. Friday, I believe, to Sunday is the hand-built motorcycle show Mm -hmm. in Austin somewhere. So we will be there Friday night. Actually, I'm going to meet up with Brittany. So she and I will be there. Yes. um, I will share as soon as I find the event 
somewhere on Facebook or someplace details of where we're going to hang out. Like there's some coffee and beer, only in Austin, some bar where you can get coffee or beer and <laughs> hang out. It's right next to the show, apparently. Mm-hmm. So we're going to. And gonna... if you're interested in going to the Handbuilt show, you need to pre purchase the tickets. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure they have tickets available at the door, but I think mm-hmm. to your benefit, uh, cost wise, um, you should probably uh, purchase online. They are charging for entrance this year, um, which, you know, not a lot. I think it's like 10 or 15 bucks. But mm-hmm. the last couple of years that they've done it has all been kind of an, an out-of-pocket uh, labor of love. And so rightfully so, you got to rent some uh, tremendous floor space in Austin. That stuff never comes cheap. So if you're interested, should have... Uh, basically hand-built custom motorcycles from builders all over the country. Yeah. So we'll... Including post... Revival. Oh, yeah. There's... Because Revival cycles put it on. So you will see some amazing Ducatis and uh, their latest build. They've been teasing on Instagram. We will... I will post links to that as well for you. I, I bought tickets last week and they're mailing them to me so I don't have to wait in the wheel call line. Awesome. Yeah, should be should be fun. So look out in my social feeds for that or if you follow the Women's Sport Bike Rally, we'll probably post about it on that page also. So MotoGP, woo, next week. <laughs> Coincides yeah. well. And also, if you're a, if you're a badass uh, off-road riding female in the mm-hmm. U.S., um, they are putting together another women's uh, GS trophy um, women's team? group for the mm-hmm. U.S. team. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so please apply. Uh, you can find that information on probably BMW North America's uh, website. And, uh, yeah, I was encouraged to proclaim, yes, we need to talk about it. We need to get people to apply because not enough. We will find the links for you where you can read all about that. Uh, unfortunately, I am not up to date on what the GS Trophy team, where they compete or what they do. But um, it looks like, let's see. Oh, that was 2016. So they're shopping for 2017. We will post links to that. That should be cool. Trials, I think, take place throughout the country. There's like, I think, a, a west, east, and center, maybe. Huh. Cool. Let's see. They're going to Mongolia. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, regional. There's regional qualifying, and then I guess you go on to finals. So the uh, GS Trophy event is the equivalent to the Olympics, but for enduro riding. So it's like the Olympics of enduro riding. And it looks like it's going to be taking place the early summer, sorry, for 2018. It's going to happen in the early summer in Mongolia. Wow, that sounds hard. (laughs) Well, it's never the location that's hard because you can pretty much ride in any country. It's got some good, some good, not as challenging beginner to intermediate space. But the GS Trophy is known for being ridiculous. Here's a Mosby log right across it. <clears throat> yeah, uh, it sounds like. But it's don't o- let that scare you. Don't let that. You know, if you're 
if you're listening to us and you're thinking, wow, I don't know, dude, if the qual, you know, a qualified to get on this team means I have to ride across a Monty Lock, I'm out. It's actually a group effort. So you're in a group of four people, your team, and each country um, that participates uh, puts together a team of four of their riders representing the country. And um, those other three riders that aren't riding help the one that is. So hmm. it's not like one person rides a motorcycle. There are four people on bikes. But um, through particularly challenging sections, it's a function of teamwork. It's not just independent solo riding because, of course, how can you be on a team and have it be for individual um, people all the time? It says if you win, well, the winners will be taken care of by BMW Motorrad and flown to Mongolia, where each member will be presented with a brand new personalized BMW GS, an R1200 GS or F800 to ride for the duration of the event. It's exciting. You don't get to keep the motorcycle, though. Oh, well... It still sounds like a really nice event. Oh, of course. If you qualify. Yeah, so if you are excited about enduro riding, you should try to apply. It's, oh, it says, when the 2016 BMW GS Trophy completed in Thailand, South Africa won ahead of Germany and the UK, and the USA team finished eighth. Yeah. Oh, well, there's about 14 countries competing so far. Confirmed teams. Cool. The only other thing I want to throw out there, depending when we publish this hopefully we publish this by monday because tomorrow night is cool. monday and so that's when i try to do my youtube live streams i'll be doing another one tomorrow night at nine o'clock eastern so that's 6 p.m pacific i hope to join in I'm just gonna do like an open stream so jump on and we'll just have our kind of open q a about anything you want to talk about just kind of random gear questions or even motorcycle questions i don't care anything about motorcycling Let's just Close safely bikes. say that every Monday, no matter when we post, because it's always ambitious to record on a weekend and post on Monday, that um, every Monday you have a live Q&A session. But do trying. you do it at the same time? Yes. So the, my first two I did a little earlier at 8. And then the last one I did at 9. I'm going to try to start doing them at 9 east so that it that gives west 6 p.m. west. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to shoot. I'm shooting for 9 p.m. And so... Unless I'm on vacation, then no. But I'm going to try to do this every Monday night. And I'll post a link to my channel. And you can just check the stream uh, from your phone. You can watch it from your iPad. You can watch it from your Apple TV. You can watch it from your computer. So, Ooh, yeah. Apple TV so I can see Joanne's head in high def? Kind of. My <laughs> equipment limits me to... Uh, I think it's even standard definition. I need to do double check that. I got to get with my video producer and figure out how to Yep, how to bump up to 1080p because be right Mr. now Don. I think yeah, I think right now my my resolution is a little low. My streaming resolution. My computer is a little older, so it can't record at high def and stream at the same time. I'm working on it. I'm hoping on for tomorrow's that I will have better quality. So yeah, if you can tune in Monday nights, nine east, six west. And we will chat. Awesome. Speaking of that, uh huh? I said awesome. Maybe you can make yeah, join me. Ooh. Last week Brittany joined in, it was really fun. 
cool. And oh, and then if you want to see past ones, they're on my YouTube channel, so you don't have to be there just to watch it. It always records and then it uploads. So all the old ones are there too. So you don't have time to join. You can watch this week. That's pretty much all I got for '93. Yeah, my brain's pretty much dumped. We will definitely try to come back to you in a couple of weeks. Let's see. Motor- oh, it's ooh. So two weeks will be. Motor GP, right? Will be the weekend. Yeah, I, I'll be I'll be back on Monday. So mm-hmm. we'll see if we can get back together that week after I get back from vacation. And we'll come back for 94. Wait, am mm-hmm. I ahead? 94. Okay, so this is yeah, 93. No, 94. You're and right. then we'll <laughs> come back in two weeks for 94. Math is tough. It's a Sunday. It, it is. I'm, I'm going to continue my life of domesticity and uh, pull some weeds, detail my car, clean my house. Let's see if we can't skip out for a very short ride. We'll Try see. Try to relax like a 70. little bit. Because yeah. as you can tell from my from my slightly deeper voice, a little nasally, that I'm still sick. Hmm. My, I've been sick. My boss, my boss gave me the plague, and oh. um, you know my immune system is usually pretty hardy. It's been that way for quite a few years because I've been able to avoid being sick for I'm I think at least comfortably four or five years has been yeah. the last time I've had the plague for longer than like twenty four or forty eight hours and. This has just really hit me hard. So hmm. you're not you alone. Know. Evan sick. Benny yeah. sick. Benny, not, not me. He's a cough. He's a persistent cough. It's been around for two weeks. Oh. Yeah, it sucks. I gave him some antibiotics. Yeah, he's a, it's a horrible hacking. It sounds like his lungs are exploding, and he's he's very his sinuses are totally congested, and he he doesn't have a runny nose, but you can hear he's congested. And he just can't, but he can't blow his nose. Yeah. So he just kind of hacks and then coughs and hopefully it'll be better in a couple of weeks. So hopefully we will also see you then. Thank you for tuning in. In the meantime, visit us at motorific.com. Find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash motorific podcast. And then of course, visit us on our social feeds, Instagram as motorific media, myself as gear check. So yeah. And if you've been, if you've been a four-year subscriber, thanks no. for hanging in there. Yes, we do thank you. We have, through the ups and downs, we we appreciate your supports. And uh, thanks Four for listening. <laughs> That's right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>